Well, John chapter 14, if you're there, would you say amen? amen? I want you to look this way, if you will. If I were to mention tonight the word holy, what pops into your mind? The word holy. Now, if you're an older person, then the thing, one of the things that may come in your mind is Batman and Robin, because Robin was forever using the word holy. And he usually used it in relationship to whatever uh, trial that they were going through at that time. Holy smoke, he said. Holy Aleo. Remember that one? What about this one? Holy guacamole. In fact, there's one episode when Robin said this. Holy hole in a donut. One of those episodes. In fact, I read during the original run of the Batman series, Robin used some 378 different holy statements, which amounts to about three per episode. Holy. What word comes to your mind? What comes to your mind? You know, for some people, the word holy is just a slang word that is used as an, an expression. For instance, and I say this one a lot, holy mackerel. You ever said that one before? Holy mackerel. I remember when I was growing up, I was a big Cincinnati Reds fan in, in the early days of my life when I was growing up. And then for a while, I switched over to the Cubs. And the Cubs, the announcer for the Cubs was a man by the name of Harry Carey. And one of his favorite sayings that he used online or on the air calling Cubs game was this one. Holy cow. What pops into your mind? When you hear the word holy. Well, the word holy in the Bible simply means separate or set apart. Holy means sacredness. The word holy is found 611 times in our King James Bible. 480 of those times are in the Old Testament, and 131 of those times are in the New Testament. And there are a number of things, when you work through the Bible, there are a number of things that are called holy in the Bible. Obviously, number one, God is called holy in the Bible. In the book of Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 3, these seraphims are flying through the air. And the Bible said that as they fly through the air, they constantly are saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Now understand this, in the Bible, in, 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 in Hebrew writings, when they wanted to emphasize something, they didn't do what we do. You know what we want to emphasize if you're writing a paper or or in, in the case here, typing out a sermon or whatever. Uh, I, you know, we, if we emphasize something, we'll put an exclamation point by it. We'll uh, embolden it, make it black. We'll place it inside of italics. Uh, we will uh, a parentheses or put quotation marks around it. But in Hebrew writings, if they wanted to emphasize something, they would just repeat it. And when we read in our Bible that God is holy, 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 they are emphasizing the fact that our God is a holy God. You know, we like to talk about the God of love and the God of grace and the God of mercy, but you never read in your Bible not one time where the Bible said that God is love, love, love. It's not in the Bible. Uh, we never read in our Bible that God is merciful, merciful, merciful. Uh, it's not in our Bible. But we do read in the Bible that God is holy, Holy, holy. Boy, he must be a holy God. So in the Bible, God is called holy. Guess what? Don't drop your head. But in the Bible, the tithe is called holy. 
In Le Leviticus chapter number 27, verse number 30, it says this, All the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord. It is... What's the next word? You know, when you tithe, you're doing an act of holiness. Now, don't look down, but how many of you committed an act of holiness today? The tithe is called holy. In Romans 7, in verse number 12, the law of God is called holy. Wherefore, the law... It's all about the Old Testament law is holy. In Jude, verse number 20, only one chapter, verse 20, our faith is called holy. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most, and then there it is, uh, your most holy faith. Guess what? God's people are called holy. Look at this verse right here, 1 Peter 1. But as he with it called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. God's people are called holy, but wait a minute, we're called to be holy. Look at the next verse, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. So we're not only called holy, but we're called to be holy as well. And then guess what? That Bible that you're holding right now in your lap or in your hands is called, in the Word of God, it is called holy. Now the word Bible, I get it, I'm with you, the word Bible doesn't appear in the Bible, but here's what we read in the Bible, that from a child thou hast known the what? The holy. Holy Scriptures. So our Bible is called holy. So there are a number of things in the Bible that are called holy. And if you're wondering where I'm going with all this, here it is. Along with God and the Bible and the tithe and even us as God's people, there is something or someone else who is called holy in the Bible. And that is poof, the Holy Ghost. And I'm starting a series of messages, maybe two or three, maybe four messages coming up, coming soon to a pulpit near you. And the title of this series is this, Holy Who? Holy Who? You see, when it comes to the subject of the Holy Spirit, there are two problems. The Holy Ghost, by the way, let me identify something right up front. The Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost are the same, are, are referring to the same person. And when it comes to the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, there are two problems that we face as a church. The first one, number one, is the problem of ignorance. Now, I'm not saying that to insult anybody, and I'm certainly not implying that I've got all the answers, I know all the truths about the Holy Spirit. But I am saying this. I'm not saying that you're dumb or you're stupid when it comes uh, to the person of the Holy Spirit. But there are a lot of people who lack knowledge. That's what the word ignorant means. It means to lack knowledge regarding the person of the Holy Spirit. In fact, there are a lot of people sitting in church today that are like the people in Acts chapter 19 in verse number 2 when Paul went to the city of Ephesus and he said this he said to them have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed and here's what they said they said unto him we have not so much heard as whether there be a Holy Ghost you know can I tell you something ladies and gentlemen we're living in a day when there's a lot of people that have no concept of who and what the Holy Spirit is here to do in this world today and there's a lot of ignorance when it comes to the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of people that sit in churches. They've never, they're like those folks. We've never even heard so much as whether there be a Holy Ghost or not. There's a, the problem of ignorance, but here's the second problem. That's the problem of indifference. 
the problem of indifference. You know, saved people who sit in church who have heard about the Holy Spirit lack a whole lot of knowledge and, and, and express a little interest in knowing more about the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a lot of people, they're just satisfied. They're just glad to be saved and going to heaven when they die. And there's very little desire whatsoever to live a spirit-filled, spirit-led kind of life. They're just indifferent to the whole thing, the whole subject of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. So what I want to do over these next uh, uh, Sundays is I want to talk a little bit about the Holy Ghost. And what the Holy Ghost wants to do in your life, in my life, now watch me, and in our church life. Okay? And I want you to stay tuned and listen well as we get into these verses. Tonight I'm going to give you some very elementary truths about the Holy Spirit. But I want to begin by showing you one of the most amazing statements about the Holy Ghost in all the Word of God. Now let me, let me set the stage and then I'm going to give you the statement. Uh, the Lord Jesus, the disciples of our Lord had been with him for a little over three years. They had uh, been with him. They had heard his messages. They'd seen his miracles. They had been a part of his ministry. For over three years, those disciples had eaten with Jesus. They had walked with Jesus. They had preached with Jesus. They had prayed with Jesus. And they had been with Jesus for over three years. I guess we could say it like this. They had put all of their eggs into the basket of the Lord Jesus. In fact, they thought they misunderstood, misunderstood the fact. And they thought that Jesus had come to elevate Israel to a former Old Testament status and to make Israel the glory of the entire world. And, and in their mindset, they were going to be the charter members of the coming kingdom and they were going to live with Jesus happily ever after. But then Jesus one night took them to an upper room and while there in that upper room, just before going to Calvary, Jesus dropped a bombshell on his disciples. He said to them, I am going away and where I'm going, right now you cannot come now let me tell you something those disciples were devastated to say the least that one statement had rocked their world their hopes had now and dreams had been dashed everything that they had aspired for everything that they had believed went up in smoke and then Jesus looked at those disciples whose world had just been rocked He's going away and where I'm going, you can't come, at least not right now. And then Jesus looked at them and he said this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient. Can I, can I use a word right there? It is necessary. It is better for you right now that I go away for if I go not away, the Comforter, another title, another name for the Holy Ghost, will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now Jesus looked at those disciples whose world had just been rocked, and he says, what I'm going to do when I'm going away, it's good for you. And the reason that it's good for you is because as I go away, I'm going to send you another comforter and he is going to be with you. I'm going to send him unto you. Now, if what Jesus had just said was true and, it, and we know that it is true, then what Jesus is telling those disciples and what Jesus is telling us tonight is this truth. 
Look at it. It is better for the Holy Spirit to be inside of you than for Jesus to be beside you. Can I have an amen? What the Lord was saying to those disciples, it is necessary, it is expedient, it is advantageous for you that I'm going away. Now all they could think about, oh my goodness, you're going away, but we've been with you, you've walked with us, you've talked with us, we've, we've done this with you, we've watched you, and now you're going away. But Jesus said, hold it boys, it's better for you that I go away because I'm going to send you another comforter who's going to be with you and be in you. In other words, boys, it's better to have him inside of you than to have me beside of you. Now I know that almost seems a little bit sacrilegious because I've heard some people say this before. Oh, I wish I could have lived in the days when Jesus was here on earth because if I could have been with Jesus, I could have been such a great uh, a Christian with the Lord walking beside of me. Now I get all that. It would have been wonderful to be here, but truth be told, we got it better today than they had it back then. Because hear me and hear me well. They had Jesus beside of them, but Jesus was, was, was in the confines, the limitations of an earthly body. In other words, as long as Jesus was here in an earthly body on this earth, he was limited because of the body that he lived in. He couldn't be everywhere at one time. I mean, if the, some disciples were over there and some others over there and, and some others right here, and if Jesus was this crowd right here, he couldn't be with that crowd over there he was limited by the confines of an earthly body but ladies and gentlemen since the day of Pentecost bless his name not only did he go away but when we got saved by the grace of God Jesus can be with us every one of us no matter if you're in Toast no matter if you're in King if you're in Winston if you're in Greensboro East Bend wherever you're at tonight because Jesus went away and the Holy Spirit came thank God he can be with every one of us at the same time in every place that we are. We got it better now than they had it back then. Believe it or not. It's crazy. But it's true. Nevertheless, it is true. But here's the thing that bothers me. Those disciples, those early disciples, the Bible said with the Holy Spirit of God inside of them, they turned the world upside down. And in these days, you and I are not even making a ripple in the waters of this world. Something has run amok. Something has gone wrong. And maybe it is because we just don't understand who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit longs to do. So tonight, if I could, as maybe just introducing this subject, I want to give you three elementary truths about the Holy Spirit and you and the Holy Spirit and me. Let's get started. Let me say number one, here's an elementary truth. We have, number one, a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. You and I have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to look in John chapter 14 and look at verse 16 and verse number 17 and here's what the Lord said about the Holy Spirit. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you 
forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Aren't you glad tonight? God is in you, and God is with you through the person of the Holy Ghost. Now, Jesus told his disciples, hey, I'm leaving you, but he also turned right around and said this, but I'm not deserting you. There is a big difference in deserting somebody and leaving somebody. You can leave somebody and not desert them, but you cannot desert them without leaving them. And the Lord said, okay, I'm leaving you, but I just got to tell you, boys, cheer up now. Don't be astonished. Don't be amazed. Don't don't, uh, uh, don't, don't, don't be uh, disappointed or discouraged or depressed. I'm here to tell you, I'm going away. I'm leaving you, but I am not deserting you. And he said this in verse number 16. I'm going to give you, watch this now, another comforter. Now that word another means this. It means one of the same kind. And then the word comforter is the word, the Greek word paraclete. So that tells us something. If Jesus said, I'm going to give you another one of the same kind, that tells us two things automatically about the Holy Spirit. Number one, it tells us, since Jesus said, I'm going to give you one of the same kind, then that tells us, number one, the Holy Spirit is God. Can I have an amen? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is God. In other words, look, hey, it ain't, sometimes in our mind I think, well, you know, it's God the Father. He's all God. Then there's God the Son. He's just a little bit under God. And then there's God the Holy Spirit. He's just a little bit under Jesus and under God. But ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you something? The Holy Spirit is just as much God as Jesus is God. The Holy Ghost is just as much God as God is God. And by the way, that tells us, Jesus said, I'm going to give you another one of the same kind. So in other words, Jesus will say he's going to be just like me. How many of y'all agree with me when I say Jesus is God? Can I have an amen? amen? Then the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is God. But then number two, it tells us this. Not only is the Holy Spirit God, but it tells us this. The Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus was a person. If you agree with that, would you say amen? So if Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you another one of the same kind, then he's telling us the Holy Ghost is God, but the Holy Ghost is also a person. Just as Jesus was a real person with a real body, he told his disciples one time, hey, handle me and see. It is I, it is flesh and blood. A spirit hath not flesh and blood like you see me. Jesus dwelt upon this earth in a literal body. He was a literal person. Then, ladies and gentlemen, if Jesus is sending another one of the same kind, guess what? The Holy Ghost is a real person as well. The Holy Ghost is not an it. Hey, somebody say, I see these bumper stickers on the back. Course. I found it. Friend, first of all, the Holy Ghost is not an it. The Holy Ghost is a person. You wouldn't call your wife an it, would you? You wouldn't say tonight, boy, it sure does look good. You wouldn't say today, it sure did fix a good supper, a good dinner today. You didn't say, I look home and I, I'm going to go home and watch Columbo with it. Can I tell you something? It's a good way to get a black eye. Listen, the Holy Spirit is a real person. He's not a mist. He's not a force. He's not an influence. He's not protons, neutrons, and electrons. He is a real person. I'm going to prove it to you. Look, if you will, at verse number 17. The Bible said, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot see, because it uh, cannot receive, because it seeth. What's the next word? Him. He goes on to say this. Neither knoweth what? For, but ye know 
So the Holy Spirit, Jesus used personal programs, uh, pronouns to describe a personal, a real person by the name of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, and he is a real person. In fact, as you move through the Bible, you'll find the Holy Spirit has all the attributes of a real person. I didn't put all the verses up on the screen, but let me tell you this. As you move through the Bible, you're going to find out the Holy Spirit loves. The Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit hears. The Holy Spirit feels. The Holy Spirit guides. The Holy Spirit grieves. The Holy Spirit desires. The Holy Spirit touches. The Holy Spirit can be lied to. The Holy Spirit can be insulted. The Holy Spirit guides. The Holy Spirit has a mind. And the Holy Spirit has a will. He possesses all the attributes of a real person. You know why? Because he is a real person. The Holy Spirit is real. So really what a Christian is, a Christian is someone that has a real personal relationship with the real personal Holy Ghost. Can I have an amen? Listen to this. There are almost 8 billion people on planet earth tonight. We are quickly approaching an all-time high, never been before, 8 billion people on the top side of planet Earth. But I want you to hear me and hear me well. Out of all those 8 billion people, there are only two types of people. And the two types of people that are on the Earth tonight are those who have the Holy Spirit and those who do not have the Holy Spirit. Is that not simple? Those that have the Holy Spirit are saved. Those who have not the Holy Spirit of God they are not saved. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 9, the Bible said, if you have not the Holy Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit of God, you're none of His. How much simpler could that be? An unsaved person is a person that does not have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. A saved person is a person who possesses, who has within his heart, in his life, the real life person of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus called him here in verse 16, He called him a comforter. Now that word, paraclete, occurs two times in our New Testament. Are you, are you with me? Right here, the comforter in John chapter 14 and verse 16. And then in 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 1. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not, but if any man sin, we have an advocate, a paraclete. So in other words, in 1 John 2 verse 1, Jesus is called the comforter, the paraclete. And in, and in John 14 6, the Holy Ghost is called the paraclete. Somebody said, preacher, is Jesus the paraclete or is the Holy Ghost the paraclete? Yes. Yes. Thank God when you and I sin, we have an advocate with the Father. A divine paraclete. One that's called alongside to help. An advocate. A lawyer that pleads our case before Almighty God. And yet as we serve God, we have another one that's called alongside of us. Who's the Holy Spirit of God. And he will give us power and comfort as we try to serve God in these days. So a, a saved person has a personal relationship with the Holy Ghost. Number two, here's the second elementary truth about the Holy Ghost. We not only have a personal relationship with the Holy Ghost, but we have, and I like this one, a permanent relationship with the Holy Ghost. Now Jesus said there in verse number 16, I'm reading 
Now, in my Bible, it's red letters on white pages because these are the words of Jesus. But you may not have that in your Bible, but let me tell you this. This is the inspired Word of God. And the Bible said when the Holy Ghost has come, He is going to abide with you. How long? How long? How long? How long is forever? Forever. We have a permanent relationship with the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Spirit of God moves into our life, comes into our life at the moment of our salvation, He takes up His abode in our life, and He takes up a permanent residence in your life. When He comes in, He will never, ever leave you. That's why Jesus said in Hebrews 13, 5, uh, For He has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, that we may boldly say, The Lord is our helper. Jesus left us. Jesus had to go back to heaven. Jesus tonight is sitting at the right hand of the Father tonight. And by the way, they just sang it a moment ago, we're getting ready to see him real soon. Hey, friend, Jesus is getting ready to come. In the Old Testament, God came down and walked with Adam in the cool of the day. But then God went back to heaven. In the New Testament, Jesus came down and walked on the earth for 33 years. But then he died. Three days later, he rose from the grave. Forty days later, bless your heart, he went back to heaven. But 50 days after uh, the resurrection of Jesus... The Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost. And unlike God the Father, and unlike God the Son, Jesus hadn't, uh, the Holy Spirit hasn't gone back to heaven. He's still in this world tonight. And He lives in you. And He lives in me. Listen, you cannot leave or lose the Holy Spirit. You can't lose Him. You can't leave Him. Your body is not like a hotel with a checkout time of 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Listen, you didn't do anything good enough to make him move in and bless your heart. You can't do anything bad enough to make him move out. He'll never pick up his bags and walk out of your heart. Now, we can grieve him. Can I have an amen? And I'm going to be preaching about that. And we can quench him. I'm going to be preaching about that. We're going to be talking about that coming. But rest assured, when he moved in, he is there to stay. I was in a preacher's meeting. I was a young preacher. Maybe some of y'all even remember this. Remember, he was real, real, I say famous, but I, you, I, he was well-known. That's a better phrase. His name was Willard Thomas. Uh, he's probably been dead now, maybe five or six years. But I was in a preacher's meeting. I was just a young preacher. And he got up behind the pulpit, and here's what he said. He was talking to all the young preachers that were there that day. And he said to young men, he said, when you take a church... Let me give you some good advice. He said, boys, when you take a church, buy a plot in the cemetery. Let them know you're there to stay. <laughs> then he went on to make this statement, and, and he said this in his statement. He said, it's a lot easier for them to move their membership than it is for you to move your furniture. <laughs> but he said, boys, go buy a plot in the cemetery. And then he said, if you ever leave, you can always sell it. <laughs> but he said, buy a plot in the cemetery. Let them know that you're there to stay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you this? On the day, the night, the afternoon, the Holy Ghost moved into your heart. He bought a plot in the cemetery. Excuse me, because he ain't going nowhere. He is there to stay. Verse 16 says, he's going to abide with you forever. Now, I know what some of you are thinking right now. But preacher, 
there is a possibility that you can lose the Holy Ghost. I know what you're thinking. So, in case you are one of those, I'm going to give you a verse. And look at this verse right here. David is praying after his terrible sin with Bathsheba, and he says this, Cast me not away from thy presence. And then read the last phrase with me. And take not thy Holy Spirit from. Somebody says, Preacher, you're wrong. You can lose the Holy Ghost. Let me remind you that in the Old Testament era, in the economy of the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit did not come to indwell individuals. He came upon individuals. The Holy Ghost would come upon... Samson is, the, is, the, is one person of the Bible that it's most recorded that the Holy Spirit came upon him. Samson did some great exploits. He caught 300 foxes and tied their tails together. <laughs> A natural man cannot do that. He picked up the gates of the city and walked off with them. A natural man cannot do that. He picked up a young lion and ripped him in two as he would have rent a kid. A natural man cannot do What happened? The Spirit of God came on him. And then when the Spirit of God, when that, when that uh, task was done, the Spirit of God would lift off of him. But ever since the day of Pentecost, friend, the Holy Spirit is just not in this world to come upon us. Thank God the Holy Spirit is in this world to come inside of us. He dwells within us. Let me give you three straight great statements in our New Testament. Romans 8, 32. But if God be for us, who can be against us? God for us. Matthew 1, 23. Call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. 1 John 4, 12. Christ God dwelleth in you. Now there's three great statements. God for us, God with us, God in us. God for us, that's Calvary. God with us, that's Bethlehem. But God in us, that's Pentecost, friend. And God will never, ever move out of you once he moves in you. You say, I don't believe that. Well, I love you, but you can be wrong if you want to. And when we get to heaven, I'm just going to look at you and say, remember that night I told you he'd never move out? You said, yeah. You say, yeah. I'll say, I was right and you was wrong. At least one time. We have a permanent relationship and a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Elementary fact number three, we have a present relationship with the Holy Spirit. In other words, what I'm trying to say to you is 24-7, 365, presently, every day, every minute, Every second of every minute, of every hour, of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year of your life, the Holy Spirit is present within you. If you're saved, the Holy Spirit is present in the temple of your body. Now you stop and think about that. Our bodies are the temples of the Holy Ghost. You know, there are times, and I'm probably, I'm just like you, and I think we probably would have to confess to this. There are times... You know, that I pray. Sometimes when I go preach, I say, Lord, please be with me. Please be with me. But I mean, really, I don't even have to pray that. You know why? Because he is always with me. So I've got where I pray something like this. Lord, I know you're in me. But tonight, would you get on me? <laughs> I like it when he gets on me. <laughs> but I don't even have to pray that because he is always with us. And he is always in us. American Express used to have this saying, don't leave home without it. When it comes to the Holy Ghost, you cannot leave home without him because you are his home. 
You are the temple of God. Look at this verse right here, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. What? 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 Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? The Holy Spirit is called the Comforter, but he's also called in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, he's called the earnest of our inheritance. And that word earnest simply means this, it means the down payment. In other words, when God gave us the Holy Ghost, God gave us the Holy Ghost to seal us. Can I have an amen? To thrill us. Can I have an amen? To seal us, to fill us, to thrill us. Whatever. Thank you, Lord. That's just in. But the Holy Spirit came as our earnest. In other words, God said, I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost. Here's your down payment that the rest of everything that I've told you that you're going to get, you're going to get because I'm giving you the down payment of the Holy Ghost of God. He, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Watch this now. That's why we have to be careful because the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of us. We're, we're bought. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. Let me just remind us all that we've been bought with a price. The Holy Ghost lives with inside of us. God, through the Holy Ghost, lives through the inside of us. That's why we have to be careful. Because these eyes, they're not our eyes. They've been bought with a price. They're God's eyes. That's why you have to be careful what you look at on your cell phone. That's why you have to be careful what you look at on the computer. That's why you have to be careful what you look at on TV. Because look, your eyes are not, you say, preacher, my eyes are my eyes. And if I were to look at that field, I'll look at it. Well, you might for a little bit, but if you're God's, whoo, are you cruising for a bruising? Yeah. You can't look at it long like that. Not with that kind of an attitude and not without that kind of an attitude. Because your eyes are God's eyes. The Holy Ghost sees what you see. Do you think the Holy Ghost, as pure and as holy as he is, he's God and God is holy, holy, holy. You think the Holy Ghost wants to look at that garbage? That, we better be careful what we say with our mouths. You know why? Because these are not our mouths. They're God's mouths. He bought them with the price. We better be careful because what we say, the Holy Ghost who lives on this side of us, hears what we say. We better be careful what we listen to with our ears. Well, I tell you, sometimes when I drive home at night, late at night on the way home, and, man, I'm, I'm driving and I don't even realize where I'm at because I'm about half asleep and the radio's blaring. And, man, I have to be careful because I, I don't want to listen to anything that would be displeasing and dishonoring to the Holy Ghost of God because He hears what I hear. He's in me. These hands are not my hands. i got to be careful what I touch with these hands. You know why? They're not my hands. And what I touch, the Holy Ghost touches. Can I have an amen? i got to be careful where these feet walk because they ain't my feet. They've been bought with a price. And the Holy Ghost goes, goes with me. You say, preacher, I'll go to the club if I want to go. You're going to drag the Holy Ghost in a place like that? As holy as he is. You say, man, I'm just going to the drug house and buying some weed. You're going to drag the Holy Ghost to the drug house? Are you kidding me? You ain't going to take him in there. Please don't do that. Now we're getting to grieving and quenching the Holy Spirit of God. 
Man, we are God's property, folks. We are God's temple. The Holy Ghost lives on the inside of us. You know, sometimes we refer to this as the house of God, and I get all that. I mean, it is the house of God. But can I tell you something? The address of the house of God in reality is not 1175 Bethania Royal Hall Road, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, 27106. Let me give you an address for the house of God. Post Office Box 592, Toast, North Carolina, zip code 27049. That's my address. I'm the house of God. What's your address? Perry, what's your address? That's, that's God's house address. Buddy? 3932, Or wherever that red truck takes you. That's God's house. Hey, look at me. This could be a cow barn. Just as good as it could be the house of God. Because it's only the house of God when God's people get in here. But you and I, 24-7, 365, every day of our life, you and I are the house of God. The Holy Ghost lives on the inside of the hearts and lives of God's people. And I'm closing, but I, I know that we are the butt of jokes in our day. I get all that. We're the butt of jokes. We are uh, the bullseye of the liberals and the left. I understand all that. I don't mean to be political, but I'm going wax political. Just a 30-second commercial and we'll close the message. Why in the world in America we're letting less than 7% of the people, the population of the United States of America, run our country is beyond me. Less than 7% of the population of the United States of America identifies as an L-B-G-T-R-S-T-U-V-W-X-Y-Z. Less than 7% of our population identifies as one of those things. And hear me and hear me well. That 7% is running our nation tonight. And I'm telling you something. You hear me and hear me well. Not one time in the Word of God when a nation embraced the sin of homosexuality did they ever escape the judgment of God? Not one time. You show me one and I'll apologize. Anytime a nation, a country, an empire embraces the sin of homosexuality and tries to cram it down the throats of people like you and me and shove it down our throats, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, that nation is doomed and destined for the judgment of God. And we have got politicians in Washington, a president himself who has embraced that and is trying to cram that down the throats in our public school system, in the lives of the people of God. I'll be telling you something, friend. We are ripe for the judgment of God. And I'm praying, oh God in wrath, please remember mercy. It's coming, friend. But I sure am glad. I sure am glad that I've got the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. So they can laugh at us. They can say we're part of the problem if they want to. But I'm going to tell you something. They're going to miss us when we leave out of here. Let me tell you why. Because when we check out in the rapture, guess what? The Holy Ghost leaves too. And the only, the only reason there is any sanity on this earth right now at all, any control, any law on the face of the earth tonight is because the people of God are here who house the Spirit of God. But when the people of God leaves, the Spirit of God leaves, and it's going to be chaos and pandemonium from there on out. They better thank God for the people of God that's here on this earth. The one thing that would have kept Sodom from being destroyed is righteous people. 
and righteous people house the Holy Ghost of God. Can I have an amen? Let me give you this verse. I know we got to go. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Say, preacher, what's that mean? Only he, Holy Ghost, who now restraineth will restrain until he, the Holy Ghost, be taken out. Hey, friend, when the Holy Ghost leaves, chaos, pandemonium is going to, is going to ensue. We call that the tribulation period. In this world, better thank God 10 million times. That crowd that stayed drunk all week ought to go in tomorrow. And first person they looked, ought to be looking for is some member of Woodland Baptist Church. Be sure the rapture hadn't took place. Because I'm telling you, and then they ought to say, God, thank you. Thank you the same people are still here. Can I have an amen? You say, preacher, how can I know for sure the Holy Spirit's on the inside of me? Here's one good way. Do we have any ladies in here tonight that are expecting a child? Any ladies, we, we had a rash recently. Uh, a, a baby's born. Ask any lady in here who may be expect, who is expecting a child. How do you know there's a child in there? And they'll probably say something like this. Well, I feel them moving on the inside of me. I mean, it gets knotted up. You ever seen a little baby get knotted up in the side of its mother's? And when our kids were about to be born, I mean, they would get knotted up. My wife had a big old pooch on this side over here, something like that. Or, or uh, you know, they, they move around. You see them kick or something. Oh, how do you know? Oh, I feel them moving on the inside. Salvation's not by feelings. But can I tell you this? When you get saved, there ought to be something moving around on the inside of you every once in a while. Someone moving around on the inside of you. There ought to be somebody on the inside every once in a while that convicts your heart when you do wrong. There ought to be somebody on the inside that wants to cause you to raise your, get you to raise your hand once in a while and say, even if it's like this, Amen. That's the Holy Ghost who lives on the inside of every child of God. Join us over these next Sundays. Holy who? Oh, it's the Holy Ghost. He's the best friend you got in this world. Amen. Let's stand and pray. Father, thank you.